0: Are living life chasing worth and validation through the lens of white supremacy culture. We all want to curate perfection because when we curate that perfection, it makes us feel better. Welcome to Black Girl Voices. A podcast created to cultivate change through conversation, community, and education while centering, uplifting, and amplifying the voices of Black women, girls, and fems. Here we will talk about everything from trending topics to Black history to our own personal experiences as Black women. It's like a coffee chat with your best girlfriends. We will laugh, cry, keep it real, and most importantly, get uncomfortable. We're your host, Siobhan montgomery Haynes. And Caroline J. Sumlin. Come on in, girl. We have a lot to talk about. Welcome back to Black Girl Voices. I'm Caroline J. Sumlin. And I'm Siobhan Montgomery Haynes. And if you heard our previous episode, um, Instagram is racist, then this one won't be far off. We are going to be talking about the Facebook whistleblower. Mhm. <laughs> I I'm excited to dive more into this. Uh, so I've been very loosely following but I think you have a little bit more of an understanding of what's going on since you've been kind of like following the actual um case. So mm-hmm. I'm going to let you give us a brief overview, but um I know we're not going to spend too much time on the case itself because we're just going to talk about Instagram and their, you know, their racist practices. Well, and it's, it's not all, it's not all racism. Um, it's actually just, it's really, I think the better term is harmful white supremacist capitalist practices, which are obviously all (laughs) racism as well, but white supremacy is, um, larger than racism. It is all of the isms. It's the capitalism, it's the ageism, it's the sexism, it's, it's all of those things. Um, I think capitalist practices here are are, are the the main thing. So what's been going on as, as we know, um, Facebook has been, I think, um, to Congress four times in the last year, um, because even, um, even before the election, I mean, they, they were really attacked. Big tech companies, Silicon Valley has been attacked by, um, lawmakers with the monopoly that they have, the anti-competitive spirit, um, all of those things, right? So this is the, the. The rise in Facebook controversy is nothing new. Um, The rise in big tech controversy is nothing new. Specifically, what's been going on is the Wall Street Journal did an an investigative piece about um, Facebook, including this whistleblower who is, um, her name is Frances Haugen, and she used to work at Facebook. And now she is speaking out about the harmful Facebook practices that, in short, prove that Facebook puts profit over people. In fact, Mark Zuckerberg used to end team meetings with the chant company over country. So it's literally known that that this is not even though he denies um he has he has spoken out since yesterday's um yesterday's testimony. But we're recording this the day after the actual testimony on um on Congress or excuse me, on Congress, that's not the right terminology. uh, in Congress, where uh, Frances Haugen, she she's gave her testimonial yesterday, stating the issues with with the harmful practices of Facebook, um, specifically talking about the algorithm, talking about how the algorithm is has been created to push out harmful content to keep obviously you know users hooked engaged. They want you to scroll as long as humanly possible. So you know, for example, and and they're they're primarily talking about how. Um, it targets young kids, uh, young, young kids who um, are very vulnerable. It in, says toxic effect on teen girls, especially yes, teen girls, especially because of, um, because of body image issues that, you know, we all know the way that, that Instagram specifically um, with the comparison and, and the picture perfect life that, that, that in the influences on Instagram are constantly um, promoting. And, and um, we know that there's so many help, just harmful diet culture and um you know eating disordered ways of thinking that are that are promoted on social media so basically if you know if a if a if a user starts to follow a bunch of um diet you know diet coaches for example um you know people that specialize in weight loss then we all know that you know, Instagram will then start pushing more content, pushing in your, in your search, in your hashtags, in your, um, right. They'll start, you know, in, (laughs) in ads in every way, they will push you towards all of that content. Um, You know, and, and that's for, you know, anything, but they, but they tend to push the more divisive and harmful. So instead of pushing the content that is like, Hey, you know, real bodies are beautiful because somebody, you know, starts following something that's weight loss related, they push the most divisive and, un, 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 and unhealthy, harmful content your way. Right. It's and political. And I, it's uh, sorry. I'm just, just real. No, you're uh, good. I, I just wanted to insert right there that she said that exact thing. She said, I'm here today because I believe uh, the products harm children, stoke division and weaken the democracy. Yes. Those are exact quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, you know, gave examples as well of divisive politics, right? So, um, you know, Facebook and Instagram are more likely to push out content that is created by, um, you know, regular civilians that are, you know, either, um, perpetuating, um, conspiracy theories or perpetuating their opinions that could be more divisive versus actual journalistic, um, you know, articles and content that is going to have more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, what's the word when something is credibility? Excuse me, I couldn't think of the word. Um, so in, in order to, because the more divisive or the more, the more controversial, the more, the more scary, if anything, you know, whatever, the more it evokes in a, in, in a response that's going to be um, more drastic and more emotional, the longer you're going to stay on the platform. The goal is for you to not leave. Right. Right. So it's going to see what's going on. Exactly. Yes. So as a result, we are in this harmful, um, addictive dopamine hit social media crazed world where mental health is skyrocketing with all of us because of social media, but especially young girls. Um, where political the the we see the trends in political parties and how more divisive the political parties have become, um, and that has been as social media has risen. Same with the divisiveness between our politics, the divisiveness in our country overall, um, and a lot of other ways that that it is harmful. You know, we we know that we are all affected by the comparison, by the picture perfect, um, the picture perfect culture. Um, and while yes, there is some good that is done on social media, I mean, I think we all know that it, it has done a lot of harm. And, um, and I, I think it is, I think it's definitely time for time for a wake up call. The specific testimony in, um, in Congress is calling for, you know, more regulations, Congress to step in and to say, hey, you can't have this much control over, over people over what they see, over how they're consuming their content. There's too much bias. There's too much control. There's too much manipulation, algorithmic manipulation. That again, even if it's harmful, they're still doing it anyway. And the biggest controversy has been that Facebook has conducted its own research about this for years and has not let anybody necessarily see the research, but the research has come back and has has concluded and proved that the harmful practices are just that. harmful, Harmful. but they've chosen not to stop because they are a business and they're generating trillions of dollars every single day. And so again, it comes back to what's going to make them the profit. What's going to, you know, they want to make the money off of the ads. And so they're going to make sure they push that content out in front of us and hook us in and hook us in and hook us in because the ads are making them the money, right? Right. So it's right. it's all bad because, you know, that that comes down to, eth- to to ethics, because they've known that this is harmful. They know the practices that they're doing are harmful. And yet they do it anyway. They know exactly what they're doing. And this particular whistleblower is saying, I worked in the division that did exactly this. And I know exactly what's going on behind the scenes. So they cannot deny that this is what's happening. And even the code of ethics here is really at question. And the legality of it, too, is, is that is is in question here. So it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I thought it was a good topic for us to talk about today because we are social media content creators. So this right. directly affects the work that we do. And I think we have for ourselves seen personally how the algorithm pushes um, white women specifically, um, a certain type of white women. Um, in the motherhood space, we see white mothers we see um a certain kind of white mothers in the um really in all the spaces it's white women that are prioritized and I think that one of the things I really appreciated that she touched on was I mean she's talking about the talk the toxicity of social media but she's also She's also just like we mentioned, like she's talking about how it can be used for good, how small businesses and um, small businesses use this as a, 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 um, a resource and how it says countless photos of new babies weren't joyously celebrated when when Facebook was down. She's talking about the joy that we can have in social media. And I think it's necessary, necessary for us to first dismantle the first acknowledge the toxic ways of it, but dismantle whatever it is that's going on. I don't know how in the world we would do that, but um, I, I think this is very interesting that we have someone now on the inside saying it. And I think it's even more great that it's a white woman because we know that society values what, what, what comes out of a white mouth versus if this had been a, a black woman speaking and, and being a whistleblower behind the scenes of what's going on behind Facebook absolutely and I, I want to touch on the fact that this is she's not the first person to, to say any of this if you have Netflix watch a documentary called the social dilemma there's a bunch of all white folks all white men and women that are speaking out against or speaking out about speaking out against about I can't think of my words today but um speaking out about Facebook yes out against Facebook <laughs> specifically, um, and social media, they talked, they talked about Reddit, they talked about, um, of course, um, even Gmail and the way Gmail operates too. like just the just the notifications mm-hmm. of it all. And the science behind the addiction, the dopamine hit that we get and how we it's literally the same chemical reaction that happens in our brains. If we were to be addicted to, um, to drugs, it's the same thing that social media I've is a drug. Um, And that's why we literally can't help but be reaching for our phones. Like, what's the first thing we do? We click on those apps. Like, it's not any other app that we're addicted to. It's not even the phone itself. It's the social media that we are addicted to. I mean, I can even speak for myself reaching for my phone and clicking on an app and then close, like, like being conscious like wow we just looked at this app why why are we why are we back again? right yes and then and then closing it out and yes. being like put the phone like you know what I mean put your put your phone down so it's like yeah there's no yes. new notifications that you're getting with
1: three mm-hmm. minutes you know yep.
0: it's exactly the it drug it's a craving it's, of that dopamine hit we want the dopamine hit of the notification of the affirmation of God. all of that and you know, it's interesting because I I used to not necessarily deny this, but like a lot of people talk about how social media has caused like all these mental health issues. And I'm like, that's not true because these were here before I struggled. We've all, I mean, before we were the generation that's kind of been directly in between growing up without social media, but the the kind of generation to kind of bring it all here and and to what we see today and everything else. And so we remember life without it, but we also had access to it when we were still, young enough. To, to, to be in. Yeah, it is right. So um, but you know, I struggled with my body image and the need for a flat stomach before Instagram was ever in my face, telling me I needed a flat stomach in, in, in oh, middle sorry. school. There was no, there was, there was no Instagram, but it was 17 magazine and, and all of those things. So it's, it's more, so it's taken all it of the media. harm, right. Media has always been harmful, but what happened is we took media and we shoved it in your face, right? So it's always with you. And then we curated it specifically to manipulate you. So before the media that we were consuming was just exactly what it was going to be. Right. And now it's like, oh, you want it? You want a flat tummy? Let me spam you with all the flat tummies. Like, let's put it on a thousand, ten thousand. Like, it was already harmful to begin with. But now we're just exponentially harmful. Right. And I I think also the thing about that media, like the 17 magazine, that's things we had to go out and seek right now it's like you said, it's literally in my hand. Mm -hmm. So like the, before with, you know, the magazines, like, yes, it it had always been there, but I had to go out and buy it. And I could always, you know, you, you forget about magazines. You don't forget about your social media. That's literally there that you're checking every morning. And, you know, say you're struggling postpartum with body image issues. And all of a sudden you're seeing all these moms who, quote unquote, I hate the word snap back, but I'm just using it for the sake of conversation, who snapped back after birth with these flat tummies. And now you're looking down at your tummy like, well, what did I do wrong? Mm -hmm. What did I do different? Or you're looking at the, you know, you're a mom and, and and you're going through a little bit of a chaotic season and and all of a sudden you're looking at these other moms who seem, quote unquote, seem like they have they have it all together. They have it all down. They have, you know, this picture perfect schedule, not stopping for a second to acknowledge the fact that we're just seeing a highlight of what's going on we're just seeing what 15 30 seconds on an instagram story or one instagram image or we're seeing whatever people want us to see right and also whatever instagram wants us to see as well if we're being Mm -hmm. honest right and i think that begs the question how much of this is on us as as the as the users of this product um, which i find i find interesting the word users by the way in the social dilemma talks about there's only two industries that 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 considers their customers to be users drugs and social media hmm. oh wow right but it's like what other word can i, I, I consumers i guess the consumers of this product um, you know so like as the consumers of this product how much of that is on us and and the worlds we are curating and how much control oh, we sure. have to to dismantle what, what the norms and, and the culture that we have probably ourselves aided in, in, cura- in creating on social media, but also how much of it is on social media and the fact that they have control over that algorithm. So before, when everything was chronological and we were all following our friends and everything was just fine and dandy and nobody cared what your photo looked like, or, you know, the Valencia filter was just to be moody, right? Like, right. I'm We're just, posting pictures of sunflowers. I'm, I'm just, email. Like, hey, and here's my sunflower with my Valencia filter. A cup and of coffee in my Ugg boots. Right, because look at me, <laughs> oh, I fall, miss the fall, right? So, you know, there was that that we used to care about, of course. And now as the algorithm and everything is in, its, in social media, Facebook, Facebook learned how much of a business it could become. Now everything is... We think we're following what we want to see, but it's like, no, because I'm only, I'm only getting access to, you know, very specific type of content Mm. and, and it's all linked. It's all tied. I mean, heck, I'll be, I will, you know, talk about my own thing real quick. Like I, have been searching for, I've been trying to, you know, heal my gut. And so I'm searching for probiotics and things like that that are helping me with my gut. I'm searching for it on Google and it's going to come up as as Instagram ads. Like that's not okay. Like (laughs) that is freaking not okay. And now thankfully now we have, you know um, I like the fact that, you know, Apple was like, all right, in this next software update, we're going to give you more control over your privacy and your data. And you have to allow for each app to track Mm -hmm. or not to track. So you can turn that setting off. However, I don't feel like it's as turned off as it says. It says. Mm -hmm. And I've gone back and forth because part of me is like, you know, I wouldn't know about some of these products that I might be interested in if it weren't for the curated ads. Like I've been some some good finds, right? There can be some good finds like, Oh, that's an, I didn't know about this adaptogen mix. That's really cool. This could help my adrenals. Like I didn't even know about adaptogens until it was social media. and Now I've, now I love using them and that's not necessarily harmful. That was helpful for my, my hormones. Right. So there's right. positive things to it, but it's in, it's in so much excess. And the, the the problem is it's, it's not just, it's not there to help me as a person. It's there to keep me hooked and to be like what's next what's next what's next and to shame shame me right Right. and it it does eventually end up shaming me like oh my goodness like I'm looking at the ads and okay well if I get this probiotic maybe I'll feel better like this or if I get this one maybe my tummy will go down maybe my bull you know and all of that is rooted still like I want to feel better but I also want like I want I don't want my tummy to stick out at the end of the day like I want it to, to go back in. Like, let's, I want my genes to feel good. Like, but that's still rooted in shame. So if I'm looking at this ad and I see this flat stomach and then I see the next one, the next one, and the next one, that's like 18 flat stomachs in a row. That's just still going to make me feel terrible. Even if the original intent was, I want to, I want to heal my gut and I want to feel better and I just want to have more energy. It still goes right back into the spiral. So you know, it's it's a it's a tricky, it's a tricky spot because I it there is some positive, you know, we work in social media, so we know that there are some things that are positive about social media. Oh, but right. Like at the, the end like of the day, the we're connection. still being controlled by Mark. Like we're still being controlled by that algorithm. He still has a hold on us. I will say the pandemic, when the at the start of the pandemic is when I really found the benefit of social media for sure. Like we were able to connect with people Mm -hmm. um, because we were so alone, right? We were so isolated and we know that human beings aren't meant to be isolated like we were. And some of us still are for so long. Mm -hmm. And so it was nice to connect with other people on the internet, but still in the midst of our connections, we're still seeing you know people who aren't following um you know pandemic protocols and we're starting to envy the people that are traveling and and you know getting on planes and going to god knows who god knows where and there's a a divisiveness that's happening there like she talked about with the the divisiveness um you know we're starting to argue over you know vaccine and anti-vax and you know this isn't we're not here to start a whole um, argument there, but, you know, we're starting to, uh, to argue over that. And, 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 you know, we have COVID conspiracy. So even in the midst of the community that we found through the pandemic, we also found so much more chaos. Right. And that's, and I think there's so much to that, right? Because like, yes, connection is, is necessary and it's needed. It's never, it was never meant to be connection via a screen. Mm, It was never meant to be connection to the entire world. You know what I'm saying? Like we are, we are, we as human beings form tribes and villages for a reason and smaller community versus large. I am connected, but i still don't know this person really. Like you feel like you know them, but you really don't, you know? And as a result, I'm, I'm going more towards that connection, which is going to either a affirm me because I'm getting attention or B, going to make me feel like I need to do something better. It's going to make me feel shamed. It's going to make me compare. And as a result, I'm disconnecting from the people that are in front of me who aren't, I can't say aren't because, you know, we know that personal relationships are also toxic and harmful often, right? right, right. But at the end of the day, that's still the better, that that's the connection that our, that our bodies are craving. And so we live in a society that is filled with how can we, get like a quick fake fix for the deep rooted issues that we really have and the deep, the things that we really need. And social media has become that. And it's not that, not to say that there aren't positives to that because I have met a lot of great people on social media and have made some great friends, you know, right, that, we and met I, on social media, we, right. And we've never <laughs> we met, met on, on right, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we've never met in person, you know, so we've only ever connected via a screen. And I think there's some really great, there's, there's some great revolutionary things about this technology that does allow us to, to have connection that is meaningful that we would never have before. And to learn things we would have never had before and to see other people's point of view that we would have never seen before. And that's the beautiful work that we that do. that fine but line that you There's need. a fine line. Yes. Because exactly. then, like you said, now we're, we're pulling away from those in-person connections that we really have. I think I just met for like pandemic sake when we couldn't have those connections. Right. But right. I get what you're saying. Like after you know, well I guess we can't say after since we're kind of still we're in still, the middle, in, still in the middle of this pandemic. But right. And really and truly not even it's the pandemic. We live isolated lives as as uh, yeah as a, as a modern society. Oh yeah, that's the way our society has curated into individualistic lives that are were not meant to be the way that they are. So because social, I think, craves from those. Well, I think honestly, before that, I think the creation of the suburbs. You know, like 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 the way society has has you know has developed over time to this capitalist. You know, I think honestly, the creation of like. The assembly line, the class, <laughs> you know, the classes, the classes, the 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 industrial revolution, the classism, all of those things are what pushed us from being in community and in small, you know, little colonial villages with not a whole lot of technology to, not not to mention, of course, obviously, our people were in enslavement during those times. And I'm just saying, like, exactly. you know, just yeah. from. Historically speaking, with the lack of technology and the fact that we were all in the fields working together or we are all, you know, um, having to close look, look at each other. Right. We're in close connection. with the look at each other at, at the dinner table like you actually right. see people and that's your only source of community. Right. And we've as technology has expanded and developed, we've grown closer I and mean, we've gone. Excuse me. We've grown further Got and further from that. apart from each other. For so sure. i think before social social media has just taken that problem that was already there and just it's increased it tenfold I think that was the biggest exponential rise of this problem that we've seen rise before it was just probably like a gradual thing like okay you know tv was hooking us in or you know radio was hooking us in, and then tv was right. hooking oh us in gosh, and then you right know mtv now. music videos and cartoon network <laughs> and all the kids are sitting there watching tv okay. and not okay now we're at the point where it's like okay we've taken that we've brought it you know before we could turn the tv off and you had to go into the house to watch tv so yeah as things have progressed 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 we've just grown further and further apart and the problems have gone have gotten worse you know like to everything there's pros and cons and we have to get to the point where where do the cons outweigh the pros or how do we turn this around and make sure that we don't get to this point where this thing destroys us because i do think we will get there if we aren't if okay. a if, if i would argue no that we might already be be there, there yeah. yeah yeah honestly um but just on a non-serious note like total non-serious note can we <laughs> Can we just reminisce the days of Facebook when we used to literally code our own pages? No, cuz I never coded my own page. Are uh, you talking about MySpace or Facebook? Yeah. Oh, MySpace. MySpace, that's what I meant. Oh. MySpace. Uh, did I code my own uh, a little bit, I guess. Like when we were like finding fun wallpapers and top 8s and finding the song that was going to play on your profile. I Maybe. was not into MySpace a whole lot. Oh my god, um, my I li- li- did I did have a Zanga. And I did have a live journal, and those were very depressive. Like, if you read my stuff, you would be like, golly. (laughs) What Um, was the other one, the other uh, blog-type page that everyone had? Oh, gosh. mm, Live journal. I'm showing my age. I I know there was another one. I don't know. Yes, there was another really popular one. But, I mean, those days, they were so fun. Like, I don't have access to my MySpace now, but... I just remember posting just whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. Just, I thought it was a cute photo. Oh, it's a photo of a flower. I'm going to share it. The problem is capitalism comes into everything.
1: Capitalism and
0: white supremacy culture gets into every single thing. So the things, so it it gets to the point where living life just for joy Mm. doesn't exist. In Some way, shape or form, capitalism has to come in and take it. Take the things that were just simple, that were meant, that were created and meant to be simple, simple community online, you know, where Facebook was, you had to be in college or you had to be in high school. Right. Which I honestly Facebook. think they should have sucked to. Right. Like and the it, kids now, the things, well, my well, kids aren't even my, on Facebook. Fa- kids think Facebook is for older people because yes, it started. It, uh, and it is. I f- it is. It is now because I read some of like, I call them the Facebook aunties if, if you're on Twitter, but it, I read some of the things that the Facebook aunties post and some of the memes. And I'm just like, sis, it's, it's not funny. <laughs> it's, it's, funny. It, it's I it is, love it it's though. Mainly, I love it for it's them. Like, <laughs> it's you no, know, like, that's like, we're like, I mean, my mom's not on Facebook, like, but so many other of like the girls that I grew up with, like, all of their moms are on Facebook yes, my all moms my, on Facebook. my old uh, teachers and they share all their photos like went up to the cabin yeah. this weekend and had a great time I we love it so much photos. but I'm they're like, yes, living the I'm joy though right they exactly. are living the joy that we should be living that we used to live on on Instagram mm-hmm. like I think about like even how we just talked about like the algorithm the out al- when the algorithm was the chronological order honestly that's when Instagram was the jam that's when also you're your explore page reflected you because people always say like your explore page is a representation of like whatever you're looking at it that's a lie that's a lie there's way too many white women on my explore page for that to be true way too many it might be a little little bit of what I've looked at right every now and then I'm like okay yeah I I searched for that it's not fully Mm -hmm. right and I, I feel like even if Instagram goes back to chronological order, I, I don't think any of that oh, would be. At this solved. Point it's, ruined. it's ruined. Um and I but it's it's hard though because part of me is like, you know, it you know, the culture of society, even if we were all just sharing our photos, there is you know, because it has come in and become this business, the capitalism part of that, that's a huge reason why we have the culture that we have, because you've got influencers who have to, you know, are trying to make a coin to get those paid brand deals. So they got to, you know, curate a magazine, which is, which is real. You see that stuff on magazines. So it's, it's, it's a legitimate business. Like it's a legitimate career. It's marketing. It's what marketing has always been. None of that has ever changed. It's just a different platform for it. But the problem is because that culture of society has always been there, the perfectionistic white supremacy culture has always been there. That's really the harm, yeah. you know, it, so it's it's just another way for it to be perpetuated. And because we all get sucked into it and we all right. are, are living life chasing worth and validation through the lens of white supremacy culture. We all want to curate perfection because when we curate that perfection, it makes us feel better. And then we go see somebody else's perfection. Like, okay, well, they have perfection. So I got to find a way to curate my own perfection so I can feel better. So I don't have to compare myself to them because they actually have what I want. And we're constantly being fed somebody else's highlight reel. Like you mentioned earlier, it is a vicious cycle because we all became marketers. We all became, you know, it's just like, it's, it's, it's like too much of a good thing or how, how. You know how how something so small it, it can be tainted so so quickly, and right. I think honestly, no matter what, no matter if it's blogging, Pinterest, social media, the news, whatever your workplace, because white supremacy culture is the root of it, that problem's not going anywhere. Oh yeah, until we address the root, unless we until People we don't want to address the root, though. Right, that's, exactly. That's, that's the issue. And we, we can be change agents. Like at the end of the day, you know, we aren't going to stop using these platforms. We can change how we use them. You know, we do work on these platforms. Um, We can change how we use them. We can set boundaries. We can create content that is going against what people see and and choose to follow as much as we possibly can. Like I follow a whole bunch of accounts for women that, you know, recovering from eating disorders, I had like a mild eating disorder in college, like used to skip meals, got really skinny, didn't realize it was an eating disorder until like years later, because I got wrapped up in being like, busy, and got wrapped up in doing so much. And I was like, at first just not eating just because I was so busy, but then I saw myself get skinnier, and I stayed with it. And I was like, oh. so I started eating less. I like, started skimping. I'm like, this is it. I finally saw a body that I had been wanting for so long. And so I prided myself on, I barely have time to eat and I'm skinny and all these things. Mm-hmm. It was terrible, right? And imagine if you were <coughs> putting that out into social media. So that's that's a great example of like somebody else who could have had that same issue. It was in your same shoes and imagine and there are people like that who are putting it out on social mm-hmm. media like oh I am so busy. Oh, I can yeah, barely yeah. eat and then everybody else is like oh she's so busy she can barely eat and right her she's so mm-hmm. skinny and then there you go there's the toxicness for the young girl or you it's know? it's and it's not even it's it's usually masked as like you know eat 1600 calories a day you know do all this exercise here's how you count your macros here's how you do this here's yeah. here's my before and afters that's what we're seeing it as now You know, but what I, what I was trying to say is like, so I used to struggle with that. So I've found accounts with women that you struggle eating disorders that don't anymore Mm. and have regular squishy bodies, just like mine with squishy tummies and, and jiggly booties and all those things. And, and they're of all different colors. And so I follow them and whenever I'm feeling a kind of way I go to their page, I'm like, Mm. Oh yeah, that's what a real body looks like. Oh yeah. Her tummy sticks out like mine. Oh yeah. Look at that. Like where they're making reels of how they can suck in and then like, let it out. And I'm like, yes. I used to think I was the only one I used to literally think when in, in middle school, I used to think I was the only one that had a stomach that stuck out because everyone around me had these flat tummies. Not we all it was skinny, your freaking girls. uterus. Right. Just, just your uterus. I uterus did not know that until like college. Below, that's normal though. Like I, <laughs> right. I think that like, you know, cause I would eat food or I would even drink a glass of water. And I remember one day, like I was showing my friend, um, you know, because we were getting ready to go to like this this field trip, and this field trip was to the amusement park, and the whole the it thing to do was to wear a skimpy bikini and short shorts from Abercrombie and Fitch, and have your oh tummy gosh, out. Yes. And so me and my <laughs> friend, we the shorts was, with the pockets out. Right. Right. <laughs> me, my, I was never allowed to wear those shorts, but I had to beg my mom to wear the bikini. And uh, I think I told her I was going to wear a tank top over, it, but that was obviously a lie. I was going to take that right, tank top sure. off when I got to the amusement park. You and but- tank top, technically. Te- technically. <laughs> um, so my friend was a little bit thicker as well. We were both. And so, um, you know, I was like telling her, like, look what my- happens to my tummy even when I drink water. Like, it would grow. Like, I had not eaten anything right. You know, and I would I would skip like breakfast because I was still kind of having a little disordered thinking even d- back then. Like when I really look at it, in high school I used to drink slim fast for breakfast, trying to get skinnier. Like it was terrible, and um, and so but I I was like, look, I just I drank a glass of water and like it would go out more because even water would make my tummy stick out. And I'm thinking I'm the only one in the world that does this because she oh, looked at yeah. me and she was like. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is strange. Like, we're like little kids, like not knowing <laughs> because like, what do you see on all the magazines and in TV and, and in right, right in front of you? You know, it's still kind of like all the blonde girls that I went to school with are kind of like Instagram in real life. So that's why I say like, it's it's hard because like, it's worse than social media, but it's never like it wasn't there. Yeah, yeah like, it, was, it there. was there this whole time. But anyway, like, now I see like, it took me until this year to learn that, I'm not crazy. Everyone's stomach does this like Eureka. <laughs> and this is because social media, like I would yeah. not know that if it weren't for bloggers and influencers that have real dynamic dismantling of culture yes. missions and are saying, Hey, which is the good part of social that media. We, exactly. We can do it and use it for good. Even though that goodness is still a mine F U C K. Oh, yeah, right. And we still yeah. have to, to I boundary think that. Social media, especially now now until I mean, honestly, it might be forever. We have to constantly check in with ourselves while we're using social media like when even I, I mean we were talking about this earlier when we post something we have to constantly check in with ourselves are we posting this because this is you know we feel called to post this and and you know we feel like this is creating change or are we posting this because this is the i mean i tweeted something about this about people in their hot takes like it is the thing for people to not sit with information just the next hot take talk about mm-hmm. the next hot take what's hot let's you know and and it causes so much harm because they didn't they themselves didn't sit with the information you know that's something i still am checking myself with like yeah because we the time yeah. away from yeah the, the 24 yeah. hour news cycle has become the, the 24 second news cycle so exactly. because you can get the news right away you don't sit with it at night and process it and, sit with it you don't even have a discussion what's the next even. new thing yeah exactly it's just like oh i got to post this so people see it and that is the you know bigger I mean? fat that's the faster the, the more more being better more being progress like that's white supremacy culture is yep. one of the characteristics of it is the more it's it's that it's that um value of quantity over quality oh for sure you know for sure so it's like yes like good things can and i think that's always been society you can have good people that and got people, but good things or people that want to do the things that are disrupting the toxicity. And that's great. That can be that. That's probably about the best we can do right now because we are not in power to change the entire system. And I don't know that even, even though we advocate for and talk about the systems, you know, we advocate for and talk about changing and dismantling the systems. Will they ever be dismantled? We don't know. We don't know that we don't we they definitely won't be dismantled until we get a whole bunch of white men out of office that's for darn sure that's a whole <sighs> that, other conversation that thought i was gonna say that thought alone just exhausted me sorry <laughs> different podcast episode we won't go there point being the that we can advocate for the dismantling of white supremacy and we can oh, talk sure. about it and we can bring these things to light and we can raise awareness and we can write the books and we can you know do the podcast episodes and everything else and get us thinking and we can work to do the small dismantling in our homes like for me one of the biggest reasons why i'm choosing a homeschool is because i'm gonna i'm trying to protect my kids from social media that's one of it because i can say all day long well you can't have a phone until you're 16 which is oh but i it doesn't matter so they're gonna go to school they're gonna see their friend's phone i was gonna say i your kids are still young i so i have one in middle school so i forget i raised the whole teenager oh yeah but and I have I'm a kidding call. Dealing with this at the height of the social media toxicity. So mm-hmm. real real quick story: the principals, the school districts, the teachers are having to take time away from education to send out newsletters addressing TikTok trends that are going on. Mm-hmm. Right now, there's a tick. So the first TikTok trend was a devious lick where you had to steal. Things from the school, and I'm talking about not just like pencils and things, soap dispensers, doors, like you had to steal, like it was who could hit the most devious lick, right? And now the TikTok trend for October. Me and my husband had to literally sit on the couch and pull up a social media calendar of TikTok challenges so we could sit down and talk to our son and be like, listen here. try us right because <laughs> the t- the tiktok right. challenge for this month for the month of october is to slap a teacher slap a staff member that is the tiktok challenge so my son does not have tiktok he does not have social media and he does not have a phone he's in 6th grade however praise god he still hears he about it still hear it exactly he's going to hear it he's going to see his, it he's going to want it his friend was showing him the TikTok challenge, you know, when they have free time in class, they're uh, apparently allowed to have phones. This is Which so different me. from my freaking crazy. So different from my day and age, because we weren't even allowed to chew gum in class, let, let alone have a phone or 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 pass notes back and forth. Mm-hmm. So they're allowed to do phones on their free time. And he's telling me he comes home and he's telling me about the, the devious lick challenge or whatever. Me and my husband sat down, we pulled up a whole list for the rest of the year. And we're going through these challenges and we're like, we're looking at, each- we already have enough to deal with, with parenting mm-hmm. without having to worry about how social media is literally tainting or tr- encouraging you to slap a teacher. I t- we had to tell him, do you know, you will go to you? Are- first of all, you are a black kid. You cannot play like your white friends. Mm-hmm. I had to let him know that I let him know that on a regular basis at this age. Mm-hmm. Secondly, do you know, you will go to jail. That is a charge. You're going to jail. Mm-hmm. You're going to jail. I mean, we we told them you're going to kid jail, but whatever. You're it doesn't going matter. To jail. jail is jail. You're going to jail, and not only are you going to jail, it's on your record forever, mm-hmm. and you may not be able to get into another school after that for assaulting a staff member. This is what they are teaching our kids. That is a wow. whole challenge. Yeah, it's that's oh crazy man. I mean, it's me. crazy because it's like I. I mean, I. Kids have always been dumb and I've always done dumb stuff, which is, yeah, which is, is like, ridiculous, insane. but it's like a whole nother level. Yes. And of course, it's a whole nother level to like put it on social media. and it's ah, it's I mean, you know, this is, but this is why like I calendar very yeah. afraid <laughs> of set of sending my kids to school for that reason. I'm not saying you're bad for sending. Your, I'm just saying, no, know like, no, I mean, yeah, I'm like, you know, like that's just that's one of the reasons why, even though, like homeschooling is hard for me, Mm-hmm. I feel so strongly about it. Cause I'm like, right. I already know how difficult it was for me to grow up without social media, but just yeah. the influences that were yeah. around as a as a child and remembering my earliest right. days of feeling of comparing myself to white girls. hair, everybody's You're, doing this. Everyone's doing this. Everyone's doing, doing that. This. And I'm not saying that yeah. parents can't, you know, you can liberate your children and you can raise children to be the light and to be different in those environments. Don't get me wrong. You absolutely can. And school yeah. is very necessary. Kid, You know, parents got to work. You got to do what you got to do, but you know, it's an added but layer it is still scary. And, oh, yeah. absolutely. It's scary though. Like yes. this is the, this is the impressionable foundation that's being set on our children. And they're, they're getting on TikTok, They're getting on Snapchat and they're crying themselves asleep at night because they don't look like so-and-so. Oh, they did not get, they don't, don't get, get this boyfriend. They, they don't, they didn't get Instagram, all of it. Like it's, I just want to protect these kids. Like this is not the way to live. Like you are, there's so much undoing of trauma and toxicity that's, that is, and this is just going to carry into the next generation of, 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 of um, decision makers and, and, and leaders in our country. If we don't stop the mess, it's just going to get worse. And that's the scary part. It doesn't feel like there's enough of us trying to grab a hold of this. Right you know, and then, you know, and even though I'm saying all this, like I could be homeschooling my kids in middle school and I, you know, still going to face the same problems. Hopefully they won't be as magnified, but it's still like, it's, it's just scary to feel like you're, it's just like, almost like you against the world. Like the world is just on fire and it feels like there's no escaping the fire, you know? I especially think for black parents, the added layer of the social media influences really are scary to have a black child because you're thinking like they already they already have this stigma slash stereotype on their plate that they didn't ask for Mm -hmm. and now they're having more of these influences and these peer pressures that they have to divert from right Mm -hmm. and and we we also know that the consequences are greater for our children. So I just, I don't know. It was very scary to me. And I think it was like we almost we were like laughing, but it was like a laughing. No, that's like, scary as hell. No, yeah, we were like laughing like a like because you what? You're afraid because it's crying, like right? you you send your child to school and you're like you can say and impart all these right. things, but I do right. not know what you're thinking when you're at school when yes. your kid when your when your friends when your are friend influencing telling, you, telling you what to do. You yes. have the pressure. It's hard to be a kid. It's hard to to be able to decipher between yes. like what my parents are saying, what my, my friends right. want me to do, what I'm feeling inside. It's yeah. scary. And, and to add that layer of, of of being Black, like, it's really, really scary. And, like, it makes me, like, it's it's one of those things where I feel like if I didn't have kids already, I would be questioning having them. Like, I'd be like, oh, oh for sure. Sh- I say that all the time. Oh, when people are like, like, I don't know if this is worth it. Like, why do want I want to bring a child into this world? Like, uh, right, it's hard. When people say they don't want kids, I'm like, uh. I feel you. I absolutely feel you because it's like you it's scary it's a lot like you have these beautiful innocent children mm. that are I'm like oh my god I'm like gonna cry like I don't I just, no, just thinking about my children like being tainted <sighs> sorry I know that was loud I'm just like I'm so frustrated because I and I think it's it the struggle me of me knowing more when it comes like when you think about the kids like it's like yes like we're oh I'm about to cuss, guys. I right. know this is not one of the Patreon episodes. We're <laughs> screwed. But, right. like, you just don't want the kids to be screwed. But you feel like they're already screwed. And they're, you're know, already we struggling about, with so many we things. We talked about um, suicide rates mm-hmm. in children. I hundred percent believe that social media, because you know, we talked about how it's increased. Oh, that data is already there. Social media is yes. already it's already been proven yes. that it's increased the suicidal. It's yeah, it, it's the increase. It's and the, that's why the, not why. only just the comparison, it's the you know the people doing playing dumb games, the kids playing the, you know very dangerous and dumb, and dumb games and challenges and like Russian roulette and stuff. I remember at one point that was a thing going on when kids were you know putting the Mm-hmm. the the bullet in the gun and passing yeah. it around a circle like people died from that and they're they're having more access to these right crazy scary thoughts that yeah. I fully believe that it's probably a weird sick adult that put out there to begin with if that's so awesome. true that's I so that. true I don't oh my think gosh. an innocent kid just one day was like let's do this I believe it's weird crazy sick adults out there putting it out in the atmosphere because it's know probably both I think once te- teenagers are capable of oh yeah that. Teenage, teenagers, teenagers. <laughs> like teenage yes teenagers are 100% capable <laughs> of all that stuff but I also think there are adults out there that are that are you know luring kids as well as we all we all know it didn't take social media for that to be a reality and this is why Mark Zuckerberg is under fire right now because it's like you know this is happening you're not doing anything about it Yes, it says that you can't have a, an Instagram profile before the age of thirteen, but that doesn't stop you from lying about your age and getting one anyway. Like we know kids and 13, are on there. Though, honestly. Thirteen is also too young. Like let's be yes. real. Um, and they're talking about making like Instagram kids. Like that's some straight BS. Like so um, they can talk about the dangerous stuff on Instagram kids instead of Instagram adults. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, it's what's it's the terrible. difference? <laughs> right. It's it's terrible. And so you you know this is happening. You're doing the research and you're not doing anything about it. Congress needs to step in. And help make these help make regulations to attempt to make this a safer place. But we also as the consumers have to. We have the power. We are the consumers of the product. If we stand our ground and say we are not gonna stand for a profile or not a profile, but a platform, a, a product that is that is doing this to us, yeah. then you know, like we're we're we are uh, complicit. It's if like we, we, we are said last it, episode. We're complicit. It's like we said last episode, if they see our outrage and hear our voices and, 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 and hear the ruckus that we're causing, mm-hmm. they will be forced to at least think about creating a change. Right. I'm not right. saying it's going to automatically happen, but they will at least take it more serious. Yeah. So I think that's a good place for us to kind of bring it to a close. Thinking about how as content creators and as consumers how we can create change in this platform to make it what we want it to be a positive place to be setting our own boundaries. Of course there's individual things that we can do by I've set do not disturb boundaries. Apple came, if you have an iPhone, Apple came out with an amazing, I love iOS 15 for the work and the personal focuses I set like times so I'm not getting any notifications, things of that nature. I even hide the apps during you can hide apps during I didn't know you times. can hide the apps. It's awesome. You can you can uh you can turn off your home page, like your your you know, all the apps are on your home pages. You can screen. disable seeing them and say I only want to see the home screen that has my calendar on it and that's it or something oh, like that. Helpful. It's awesome. I, I get at like notifications from CNN because I consider work and news to go hand in hand. And I don't actually get any Instagram notifications at all. I have to go in and check Instagram, but I'm still checking Instagram. But it's so helpful to have the screen be on like a dark mode as well. Like, um, like this is, this is all I see right now. Oh, so wow. it's not like, it, I doesn't, you know how like. There's not the an, extra it, temptation. It's not the extra temptation. It's not even lighting up right now. It looks wow. like I'm in sleep mode because it's darkened and I just see CNN and that's it. So I mean, of course, I can go into my phone, but, like, this is all I have available, and, and then it goes to my app library, but it doesn't go to any of the actual, like, apps. So like you there. have the extra moment to think but about to think it about before it, I have go to go there. searching for the app in order Great. because it's on work mode right now, and I only allow calls and texts from, like, my husband, you, Siobhan, because I work with you, and my kid's teacher and that's it so look about you should (laughs) look into doing those changes for yourself of course and we as content creators have to know that if people are setting boundaries our reach is going to go down because people are not going to be consuming we have to be okay with that we have to be okay with that and we have to set our own boundaries and things of that nature and make sure we're only creating content that's going to aid in the good we can also think about how you know look into, I don't know if there's petitions or things that we can sign ways that we can actually be activists for the change we want to see for social media, not just standing for the racism of Instagram or, or in, and the other, you know, algorithmic things that block certain content, allow bullies here, do this, do that. We actually have to do something about that. Um, So, I mean, I think this is just a good way for us to just think about it. Just think about, you know, How, how do we want to, how do we want to, um, how can we use it with integrity? Use it in with, that's really good. How can we use it with integrity? How can we demand change? What kind of change we want to demand? Um, what are some other ways we can also consume content? I think that's a good thing to also realize like, yeah, social media is great, but like, you know, we are content creators. So like, where else could our, could our, um, could our community consume our content? Our podcasts, you know, maybe it's blog posts, Patreon, um, things like, I know, right. I have blog posts. <laughs> on my, blog I'm post. like, I'm go, I'm actually working on bringing my blog back right now for this yeah. very reason. It was so it's, much it's, better. Like, yeah. To just re- yeah, it's yeah, exactly. So I would love to hear your thoughts about that, you know, hit us yeah. up on our, um, on our social media post <laughs> bring it back to social media. I'm sorry guys. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but get you know, on our post for today that shows you this is the episode for today. Come to the con the comment section and tell oh. us what you'd like to see. What would be the perfect social media community for you and how you know what what sparked your mind during this actual episode? Sure. Um and even what we could do on our end as Black Girl Voices um, to help make your experience on social media better. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Black Girl Voices podcast. If you love today's episode, we would love it for you to leave us a five-star review. If you would like to support our work, visit us on patreon at patreon.com slash black or head to our show notes for the link lastly we would love to hear from you come follow us on instagram at black girl voices and say hello remember you are heard you are seen and you are loved your voice matters you matter see you next time